You are listening to a five-week teaching series from Jubilee Church entitled Generous. This series aims to equip you in becoming a generous person, not only one who blesses other people, but someone who experiences financial peace and reduces worry. If you would like more information about Jubilee Church, please visit our website at jubileestl.org. We want to do this series, uh, Generous, to prepare our hearts, to prepare our minds to respond to this. And one of the actions that I gave you all to do, I won't make you raise your hand and get embarrassed, but one of the actions I asked for you to do is to track your spending, to like follow your spending, because if you follow your spending, you'll follow your heart. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So in tracking your finances, you don't just get in touch with your finances, you actually get in touch with your heart. You get in touch with what you're really about. So I want to congratulate those of you who did it. Now, if you didn't do it, I totally get it. I mean, it's like, who would want to do that? It's kind of like getting on the scale after Thanksgiving. It's like, I don't want to see the damage I've done. But there's, there may be damage. But I want to encourage you to do that. It'll be a good thing for you because it'll be a point. It'll be the, be the beginning point a freedom for you. When Christ comes into our lives, he sets us free. But one of the things that I've noticed about us is that we don't always walk in that freedom. And that language just means we don't, uh, we don't uh, live in the good of that freedom, but we, we often stay in areas of bondage. And one of the areas that we stay in bondage, no doubt about it, is in the area of finances. And the only way that you can truly be free is if you're willing to Look in the mirror, as we said last week, and see where the money trail goes so that you can see what you're all about. So as I was thinking about, and it's not too late, so if you want to go on the website, you can look at, click the Generous tab, and you'll find some resources that will help you track your spending. I encourage you to do that. But as I was thinking about us tracking our spending, I was thinking about, okay, what, where, where might our money go? Like, what are some things you can do? With money, So I wrote down a list of five things. Here are five things that you can do with your money. So if you don't, if I was to ask you, who here knows, like, I know my financial priorities? Like, you know that. Raise your hand. Don't be shy. If you don't know, the, which is maybe most of us, here, here are the five things that you can do with your money. Number one, you can spend it. Do you know you can do that? You, can, you don't need to be told that. You don't need to be told to eat and you don't need to be told to spend. Number two. Pay down, this is the other thing you do, pay down debt. Average American lives with five to $8,000 worth of credit card debt. We all have debt. All kinds of different kinds. Pay down debt. You can pay taxes. It's April 15th. You need to pay your taxes. You'll go to jail. I don't want you to go to jail. Pay your taxes. You can save it. You could save your money. And then the last thing that you can do is you can give it. Now, that's just broad stroke. There's subcategories in each one, but here are the five things. You can spend it. You can pay down debt. You can pay down taxes. You can save it and give it. And this is pretty much, if you don't know your financial priorities, chances are this is what your financial priorities are. If I haven't spent it all, if I haven't charged it all, if the government hasn't taken it all, what I don't save, I'll give it. Now, let me tell you what's really behind this list of priorities. The first priority, then, is me. The second priority is me again. Third priority, America. (laughs) Or we. You could say we. Me. 
God and others. If you don't know your financial priority, if you haven't done the hard work, this is probably your priorities, financial priority. Me, me, America, me, God, and others. Now, despite the fact that this is true, um, we have no problem going to God when we're in a tough spot financially. God, I'm up for this raise. Will you please help me get this raise? God, you, you know, my fi- you know, like my, there's this bill due I didn't know it was due. And, you know, I want this house and I want this and I lost my job and da-da-da-da. You know, sometimes people say like, you know, I don't know why you mix up, you know, spiritual and financial matters. Why don't you just keep them separate? Well, one of the reasons is because you don't. Uh, <laughs> you pray about your finances. We all pray about it. You know, even if you don't know who God is, if it's Oprah or Tom Cruise or something, you're like, God, help me with whatever. But we have no problem going to God and saying, God, will you please help me? I, I, I lost my job. Will you please help me? My finances are, are an issue. I'm inviting you in, God. Will you please come help me? And God's like, help you with what? And you're like, well, help me with me. And, and then help me with me. And then, you know, help America. Help me with me. And if there's anything left over, help me with God and others. God's like, man, I want to help you. I want to move in your direction. But, like, you're kind of, like, squeezing me out here. I, I want to move... I want to help, I want to bless, I want to fix, I want to restore, but I can't when I'm five on the list. And what we're going to see here in the scriptures today is that the way that we order our finances either represent an open door to God or a closed door to God. And so we're in... Malachi or Malachi or however you want to pronounce it, three. And what's happening here is Malachi, he's a prophet of God and he's talking to Israel and he's saying to them, he's saying, you're bringing all your leftovers to God. God, uh, back then there's a sacrificial system set up. I don't, you know, I, I don't know if you go through a Bible plan. I go through a Bible plan every year and right now you're kind of in the Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers category and you're learning about this sacrificial system. And, and God put this system together to give us a way to connect with him because he wants to connect with us sometimes you read that system you read the old testament you you read through all these laws you're like man people really had to jump through a lot of hoops to get to god people must have really wanted to connect with god but don't read it that way because that's actually not true the system wasn't set up because people really wanted to connect with god the system was set up because god really wanted to connect with us so much so he was willing to live in a box for a season so he can be with us. He wanted a relationship and he got rebellion. And he's like, I, you can't be in my presence because of sin. But I'm going to create this system, this way of connecting. And I want to, and I want to work through you. And, and, if, you, and if, you, if you work, if you follow me on this, I want to bless you. And so one of the things he set up is like, I want you to give me. Um, I want you to return to me. Uh, the first and the best of what you have. And if you return to me the first and the best, I'm going to bless you. And they, they, the Israel kind of got off track. They began to give them like 
the, the least, like even like, you know, they, one of the things is to give sheep and, and they were given like scrawny sheep that they wouldn't even eat. Like they're caught in the fence. It's like, okay, God, you can have that one. I wasn't going to use it anyway. He said, you're giving God your leftovers. You need to be giving him your first overs. You're not bringing them, but you're trampling on what God's doing. And so when you read, the, when we read back through this passage, I want you to look for the issue of priority here. And again, there's a priority. The way that we handle our finances, it whether represents an open door to God to work in our life or a closed door to God. And I want you to consider where you think that you're out. They, these had their priorities upside down. So verse 7 says, From the days of your fathers you have turned aside from my statutes. You have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. So there's cause and effect here. If you... You know, I want to move in my, your direction. I want to move in your direction, but you're not moving in my direction. I pursued, I pursued, I pursued, I pursued, but you're not working with me here. It was like that picture of, of Jesus in Revelation 3.20, standing at the door, and he's knocking. And he's knocking. But we're not answering. The way that Israel was prioritizing their finances, was saying, we're not really interested in you. And they kind of got a little defensive. They say, but how, how shall we return to you? What do you mean return to God? I mean, I'm in church, I'm praying, and I'm raising my hands, or one of them, I'm doing, you know, I'm, I'm doing what I think I should be doing. What do you mean return to God? I've, how have I left them in the first place? And then he says, Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have, I, how have we robbed you? I want to know the same thing. And he says, in your tithes and your contribution. Let me explain to you what a tithe is. In the simplest definition, a tithe just means a tenth. It means the first 10% of what, so when they came in, so uh, Proverbs says, honor me with your first fruits. The, the, when your harvest comes in, the first of what you have, the best of what you have, and the 10% of what you have, um, return to me. Giving hasn't, so he says, that, you, know, you haven't returned these things to me. Uh, I've asked you for the best, you've given me the worst. I've asked you for the first, you've given me the last. It hasn't been a priority to you. You've been robbing me because everything is mine, 100% is mine. And I'm asking you to return to me 10%, not because I need it, but you need it as a reminder to you because you forget, you forget all the time that everything is for me. You forget all the time how important I am in your life. You think that you can handle your life, but you can't. I sustain everything. And the way to keep you, way to help you, remind you that everything is mine is that I want you to give back 10%, the first and the best. And he says, you are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation. This is, again, the deal that they set up with him. God says, look, if you honor me, you'll have the best crops. If you honor me, you'll have lots of babies. If you honor me, you're going to be like, you're going to have more than, you're going to be, you're going to be, you're going to win all your wars. You're going to be set apart from all the, the other nations. If you honor me, people are going to look like, man, who is their God? But you've not honored me. You've gotten away from me. So bring to me the full tithe, not the three-legged goat, not your lame leftovers. Bring your firstovers. Make it a priority. Bring your best. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse. That there might be food in my house. Quit spending it all, charging it all. 
saving it all, make me the priority. And then it says this. This is, this is, this is huge. And thereby put me to the test. No, no, I, I, get, I, I love the fact that this church has lots of people who are new to their Bible. I love the fact that, not every, that there are people in this room right now um, who are still trying to figure out who God is and, and are not yet a Christian. I'm so glad that you're here. But if you, if you, this is strange for us who know, who've been around the church world, who understand, who've read the scriptures before. Because throughout the scriptures it says things like, do not test the Lord your God. Thy and thou shall not do that. Do not test, do not test, do not test. But now he's saying, do test me. He's daring us. He's calling you out. I dare you. I there, thereby put me to the test, says the Lord, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you blessing until there is no more need. Make me the priority and I will take care of you. Now, just to be clear, this is not a way to get rich. First of all, you're already rich. I mean, like you eat every day. You know how rich that is. Most, and so there, you're already, that's not what this is about. This is about trust. This is about having God be involved in your life. And he's looking to bless. He's looking, to, he wants to. He's like, he wants, to, he wants to invade your world and bless you and bless you and bless you in every way, in peace and joy and, and security and identity and significance. I mean, check out what it says in Second Chronicles 16.9. For the eyes of the Lord, just think like just big God-sized eyes, not scary eyes, don't, but just huge. Looking, God right now, as we speak, is looking. He's surveying the entire globe, and he's looking for someone. He's looking throughout the earth to strengthen. How many here would love to be strengthened by God? How many here would love to be encouraged, to be blessed, to to have heaven to open up, to pour blessing into your... Well, he's looking to do that to those whose hearts are fully committed to him. The candidates for this blessing is, is, is people who are fully devoted, whose hearts are fully committed to God. Well, how do you know if your heart is fully de- devoted to God? Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. God knows that the center, the epicenter of your financial world is the epicenter of your world. Wherever your money be going is where your heart be going. Now when people hear things like this about, they, they get all twitchy. God wants my money, God wants my money, God wants my money. God, God's not after your money, he's after your heart. He knows he knows you, he knows me, he knows what drives our financial world, drives our world. You know, again, we, where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. But secondly, and maybe more fundamentally, um, it's not your money. You don't have anything to give him. 
It's all his. If you notice in the language, it says, return to me. Return. It doesn't say, it say give tithe. It says return this to me. You're returning something. You borrow something, you return it. You're, you're giving back to him. Because we forget. And, and, and the truth of it is because, well, because we need to be told that. That God owns everything. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns everything in the world is his. He's sustaining it. He's, you know, our, he gives us life. He gives us breath. He gives us everything. It's like, you know, he gives you, uh, it's like he gives you a hundred dollar bill. He says, hey, go buy some bread and milk. And then you can keep the rest. Seems like a pretty good deal to me. I think I'd want to do that as much as he'd want me to do it. Give me that hundred dollar bill. I'll give you your bread and milk and and so we, we take the $100, we stick it in our pocket, like, man, 90 bucks, that's amazing. God is so good, he's blessed me, this is amazing. And we keep walking down the street, and then we realize, you know what, as awesome as $90 is, you know what's even better? $100. And we keep, and we don't return what he's asked us to return. Because somehow, once it gets in our possession, we get psycho, and we think that it's ours. How am I robbing you, God? Because you're not returning what I've asked you to return. I've told you to go get some bread and milk, and you haven't done it. I told you you could keep the night. I mean, you, you, you've got plenty for you. But this part, once you return. So this whole business of God wants my money, if, if God is the one who owns everything, here's a question for you. Who's after whose money? That's why when, even though that God may be fifth on the list, we still don't mind going to him and saying, God, will you help me? Will you help me? Will you help me? And trust me, he wants to help you. He's trying to help you. He's at the door. He's knocking. And he says, please, please, will you, will you, will you, if you would only do this, if you, if you, if you would take me from the bottom and put me at the top, I'm going to open up heaven and pour out blessing until there is no need. You cannot serve two masters. You'll either serve God or you'll serve money. God knows what, where your money goes is what has your heart. So here's what I think we should do. Let me show you that list again. I think we should flip this list. I think we should flip this list. Instead of being this, we should put God at the top. And us at the bottom. And God says, test me on this. Test me that I will not throw wide open the door. Here's a good discipline to get into. I'll make it more simple. When you get paid, follow this sequential order. Give, save, live on the rest. Rich people, poor people, everybody in between, give, save, live on the rest. I can tell you story after story, including my own that I told a couple weeks ago. I mean, giving, the first time I put giving at the top, it was the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. I literally felt like I was just like jumping out of a plane. It was the scariest thing I've ever done in my life, but it was the most freeing thing I've ever done in my life. And 
I mean, I used to be, I, be, I used to be uptight about what I had. I used to be uptight about uh, my future. And there was just something that when I did that, that clicked. That I just didn't worry about that stuff anymore. You see, when, 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 when my life, and if your life is built around what you have, when what you have gets threatened, you get threatened. Oh, my car got a scratch. My house is this, and da-da-da-da, and will I be able, and da-da, you know, da-da-da-da. And, and that worry that you feel isn't just that, you know, those things, it's because that it, it's tied to who you are. And so when your stuff gets threatened, you get threatened. But when you make... When you make God the priority, when your stuff gets threatened, you don't get threatened. You know, it's like when Jesus said, you know, Matthew 7, he said, if you build your life upon me, it's like building your life on the rock. If you don't build your life on me, it's like building your life on the sand. So when the storms come, and they always come, you'll feel blown away. But if you build your life on me, when the storms come, you won't move. And I can't tell you, people say all the time, it's like, you know, I don't know what, hundreds of people. When, when I made the decision to put God first and me last in my financial, I don't, can't explain it, but I not only give more money, I save more money, I, I'm happier, I'm more full of joy, and all my needs are taken care of. I've heard that story time after time after time after time. And this is what I teach my kids I teach my, I have a seven-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 12-year-old. I teach my kids this uh, and how they get their, not because like, I'm certainly not because I'm trying to extract money from them. I mean, I, certainly you can hope you believe that I love my kids and I want good things for them. And, uh, but I want heaven's door to open and I want blessing to f- pour out into their life. And so what I do with my kids is I do what I'm just telling you. When you get money, any money come your way, birthday card, whatever it is, here's what you think. You, you give, you save, you spend the rest. You give 10% plus, you save 10% plus, you spend the rest. So let me show you Josie. These are Josie's jars. Um, and she has the uh, $2 a week salary. And... Um, if she does her chores, and she's about 75%, and, um, and she gets money from grandpa. And so we, we teach you this, and we don't say, hey, you need to give money because it looks bad because I'm the pastor, and if you don't do it, it's not why I do it. I know what some of you are thinking. Um, because I say, look, this is all from God. So I sit there, and I, and I teach you this. It's like, everything's from God. So this money I'm giving you right now, this isn't actually my money. This is, this, is, this is from God. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to, so we give her, so if it's $2, we give her 20 dimes or whatever. And, um, and sh- you put two dimes here, two dimes there, and you spend the rest. And to teach her that whatever you get, not everything is for you. In fact, the, f- the priority, the, the, the financial priority in your life, Josie, Simon, Ella, is God and others. And then we talk, too, about the, the, the awesomeness of blessing others. I mean, that gift jar, it's, when it fills up, and it's, it's going, you know, it's probably go to this next resource initiative. She'll want to give to that. She does want to give to that. 
So you give and then you save. You'll get that when you're 18. And then you can spend the rest. And as you can tell, she spends the rest. I think there, I think there are three nickels there. Um, I can't quite tell. My kids do this and you can do this too. Rich, poor people, everyone in between. doesn't matter what your income. And I know what some of you are thinking. If I gave away 10% of my income, do you realize how much stuff I would have to rearrange and have to sell this and redirect money this way and whatever? I would have to rearrange my entire world and God from heaven is saying, that's the point. <laughs> the point is that you've rearranged your world about you and stuff. And God, I think God in heaven just sit back and say, okay, how's it going? Is it working? Are you finding deeper levels of joy? Are you finding deeper levels of peace? So you got the new iPhone, the next one, the next one. You got the latest car, the next one. You got heated seats. Is it working for you? God wants to bless you. God wants to take care of your needs. God wants to fill you with the stuff. You see, you want stuff because you think it'll get you peace and joy. God says, I'm the one who gives peace and joy. I'll give it to you. It is, Jesus says, it is the Father's good pleasure to give you his peace, to give you his joy, to give you righteousness, this this sense of like, I am right. I am, I am, I have significance. I'm He wants to give it to you. A good summary of God in Scripture on money is that you trust me, I'll take care of you. You trust you, you take care of you. You trust me, I'll take care of you. You trust you, you take care of you. So I think we should flip our list. And it, and it becomes easier when you realize, you know, what... What God's grace in your life. I mean, John 4, do we have that passage? No, we don't. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Jesus answered her. If you only knew the gift of God and who it is that's saying it to you. You see, he's talking to this woman who's, who's struggling in her life. And she's asking for small little things. A drink of water. And he's saying, if you only, if you only knew the gift of God, if you, the, the grace of God, and if you only knew who was saying to you, and I just felt as I was praying that I just want to speak that over to you guys. If you only knew the grace of God, of God, if you only knew the gift of God, if you only knew who was saying this to you, that if you would put me first, that how I would open up heaven, that I would pour out blessing until there was no need, if you were only confident in his goodness, if you were only confident the fact that he can make good on this promise, if you only knew the grace that he's poured out for you, For it is by grace that we have been saved. We were dead in our sins. We were in the morgue. We were at the bottom of the ocean. But being rich in mercy, he reached down into the bottom and he pulled us up and made us alive in Christ. 
And it was by his grace. That word grace means extravagantly generous. Extravagantly generous. Who God is is extravagantly generous. He who did not spare his own son, will he not give us all things? If you only knew the gift of God and who it was who is speaking to you. Do you know the gift of God? Do you know the grace of God? Do you know what he has done for you? And when you get a hold of the grace of God, generosity is just becomes this it becomes a joy. It becomes where do I sign up? Because this is how I be, I've received life through extravagant generosity and I want to be giver I want to be a giver of life through extravagant generosity. It's evidence of the grace. Randy Alcorn says this. He says, if your life doesn't resound with the thunder of generosity, you haven't been struck with the lightning of grace. My prayer for you is that you'd be struck with the lightning of grace. That you would have an experience of the grace of God. And that your life would just thunder with generosity.